When I'm in turmoil, when I can't think, when I'm exhausted and afraid and feeling very, very alone, I go for walks. It's just one of those things I do. I walk and I walk and sooner or later, something comes to me, something to make me feel less like jumping off a building. Hello, and welcome to episode 437 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a Wellness Wednesday episode. At least I think it's Wednesday. I'm all confused this week. I keep getting my days mixed up. And that was a quote from Jim Butcher from Stormfront, which I don't know what the heck that is. But I thought it was a perfect quote. Let's talk about neuromyelitis optica and MS, the difference between them. They're both nerve conditions. MS is a disease in which the body's immune system attacks the myelin, the outside layer of the nerve cells. And neuromyelitis optica, NMO, is also an immune system attack, however, In this condition, the attack is focused only on the central nervous system. It's sometimes just called neuromyelitis or Debick's disease. NMO is a rare disease that damages the optic nerve, the brainstem, and the spinal cord, which... Basically, so does MS, but we also damage inside the brain. Uh, the cause of NMO is an immune system attack on a protein in the central nervous system called aquaporin-4, which I've never heard of. It leads to optic neuritis, which is a thing that a lot of people deal with with multiple sclerosis, I know, which causes pain in the eyes and loss of vision. Other symptoms can include muscle weakness, numbness, and bladder control problem, all of which we deal with MS. To diagnose NMO, doctors use MRI scans or check spinal fluids, so they could obviously relate to it, be able to see it and stuff if they're taking MS scans, because they between the spinal tap and the MRI scans that we get, they'd be able to check for that also. The way it looks, NMO can be diagnosed with a blood test for the aquaporin-4 antibody. In the past, doctors thought that NMO didn't attack the brain, but as they learn more about NMO, they now believe the brain attacks can occur. Then MS, multiple sclerosis, attacks the entire central nervous system. It can affect the optic nerve, the spinal cord, and the brain. Basically, they're going to tell you everything I was just telling you. The symptoms include numbness, paralysis, vision loss, and other problems. Severity varies greatly from person to person. A variety of tests are used to diagnose MS, which are basically the MRI, the the spinal tap, our blood test, our... Uh, gate test or 
uh, nerve response tests, like when they do your little hammer on the knees and all that stuff, and check eye and fingertip response and all that stuff. Well, there's currently no cure for multiple sclerosis. Medications and treatments can help manage some symptoms. MS doesn't usually affect life expectancy. If you uh, check out, I have a YouTube channel now, also called Under the Cull of MS. Today, I just did a video, but it won't come out today. It'll come out probably in a week because it's taking me forever to download these damn things and get them up and loaded. I'm like five videos behind right now. And they take a good day and a half. So, yeah, it could be a week or so, but I just was talking about how our medications, how they respond to us, how all three types that I've tried so far haven't done much. Everyone I was on, my MS still advanced, so they didn't do nothing to keep back my MS from advancing. And I was on an injectable, I was on a, a self-injectable, an infusion, and now the pill form. Take a drink if you have it. I've been dealing with a little hug, MS hug all day, and I gotta keep trying to break it loose. They sip it on cold water. So you'll probably hear that a lot during this. Uh, because NMO is so similar to MS, scientists previously believed it might be a form of MS. Which, yeah, I can see that. That would make sense. However, scientific consensus now distinguishes NMO from MSS and groups it with related syndrome syndromes under the unifying term neuromyelitis optica spectrum disorder, NMOSD. Uh, MS and neuromyelitis differ in the impact that episodes have on the body. Symptoms of MS attacks are less severe than NMO attacks, especially in the early stages of the disease. The cumulative effect of these attacks can become very serious. However, they may also have a limited impact on a person's ability to function. The NMO attack, on the other hand, can be severe and lead to health problems that can't be reversed. Early and aggressive treatment is important in reducing the harm caused by NMO, which another one of my video podcasts that I did <laughs> this last week or two, you can hear about a bunch of my doctors that misdiagnosed me or would not listen to me and about what I felt my diagnosis was, ignored what I told them and asked about can learn about that on my videos too <laughs> and make sure you like them give them a thumbs up rate review tell a friend subscribe uh, i need the help to try and get the word out I'm trying to get as many people as possible to see these things but let's see both MS and NMO are more common in women than in men. 
I still hate how they do that. Just, just relate everybody the same. Let's quit separating us by sexes, separating us by ethnicities. Just all be equal. <laughs> just tired of it. Uh, both F. MS and NMO are incurable. There's also no way to predict who will develop either of the diseases. However, medications can help treat symptoms, which I haven't seen yet with MS. So I disagree with that. Attacks of NMO and MS may be treated with corticosteroids, which if you take them long term can cause a bunch of other problems. And you can do plasma exchange, which I didn't know I could do plasma exchange for MS. I was curious about that. Now I want to find out more about that. I'll have to look into that and get back to you too. But yeah, if you suspect you might have either of those nerve conditions, check with your doctor. I'm just giving you information that I read and tell you my opinion about it. I'm not a doctor, so... Check with your doctor or your medical team and see what they can do for you. See if they can help you out in any way, shape, or form with it. The sooner you're diagnosed, the sooner you can start treatment and address any symptoms and potential complications and hopefully not progress for 40 years while you're trying to get answers and no one will listen to you. Sorry, I'm a little bit bitter. No, I'm chewing on ice, so I'm going to probably get yelled at for that, too, from someone. <laughs> mm. but yeah. Just another condition that you can relate towards multiple sclerosis and similar effects and issues. And just talk to your doctors and find out if you have one of those, if you feel like you have some of the symptoms. If not, Enjoy your life and don't stress yourself out trying to find a disease that you don't have. And then eventually you get one because all the stress and anxiety you've caused your body by self-diagnosing yourself and trying to cure yourself. It's always worse to be stressed and stressed out and angry. It's always best for your body to be in a happier, healthier mode. It's like they say, every day you should just look in the mirror and smile at yourself. And if you want to even boost it a little bit farther, you use a few keywords like ha ha ha, he he he, ho ho ho. Just happy little notes that you can say while you're smiling to yourself in the mirror. And you'd be amazed. Your body feels better when it's in a happy place. It feels a lot worse when you're in a negative mode. So, be happy, healthy, drink your water, and enjoy your life. Don't be so angry. (laughs) Have such a better world if we just all got along. We could be doing so much cool stuff right now. We'd know so much about this world and beyond Instead, we're killing each other instead of working together. All right, probiotics. They're a big thing. They're excellent for us. Probiotics, prebiotics, all our gut health. Always want a happy gut. 
happy belly is a good good part of the body to have it keeps your the rest of your body going let's see what they talk about with some probiotic stuff and they talk about probiotics being able to help you lose body weight and belly fat which yeah definitely if you're eating more probiotic foods and you're cleaning your making your gut work instead of your gut just sit there with a pile of sugar and not doing nothing it can't process that sugar into anything beneficial but if you have probiotics and prebiotics those will work with you to help with digestive issues heart health uh, all kinds of beneficial things anti-inflammatory stuff make your body feel better there's hundreds of microorganisms that reside in our bellies in our digestive system the more majority of them are friendly bacteria that produce several important nutrients including vitamin k and certain b vitamins which are your b and d and k vitamins are probably your most key vitamins they also help break down fiber, which your body can't digest. Turn it into beneficial short-chain fatty acids like butyrates. A lot of people think, I need fiber. I need to get fiber in my system to have better bowel movements and stuff. But your body can't digest fiber, fiber unless it's got the probiotics to munch on them to eat them up so if you're just pumping fiber in there and you don't have good probiotic and prebiotic function going on it's not going to benefit you there's two main families of good bacteria in the gut the bacteroidets and the firmicutes aren't those cute little names it's like little cheerleaders Body weight seems to be related to the balance of these two families of bacteria. Both human and animal studies have found that moderate weight people have different gut bacteria than those with overweight or obesity. Uh, Basically, studies suggest that gut bacteria may play a powerful role in the body weight regulation. Probiotics may reduce the number of calories you absorb from food. They also affect levels of hormones and proteins related to appetite and fat storage, as well as potentially reduce inflammation, which can drive obesity. Several strains of probiotics in both the lactobacillus And the bifidobacterium family have been shown to reduce weight and belly fat. Lactobacillus gassiri appears to be one of the most effective forms. Of all the probiotic bacteria studied to date, lactobacillus gassiri Shows some of the most promising effects on weight loss. 
how do we get it? What's more, belly fit? Yeah, that's all numbers from a, a test, and I hate going by the percentages because you're not testing all the people. So, Certain probiotic strains may be able to reduce weight gain in people following a high-calorie diet. As many of us are. <laughs> Not all probiotics aid weight loss, and some may even cause weight gain. The effects depend on the probiotic strain and may vary by individual. So basically, you got to listen to your body and see where what's going on. You just don't go into a store and pick up a bunch of cans of some type of fermented item and just think that I'm putting probiotics in my stomach, it's going to fix it right away. It's like, no, you got to pick the right ones. And a lot of these things that you get that are pre-made, even though they are healthy to an extent, they could have something in them that's not healthy, some form of sugar in them or sugar replacement. <clears throat> Probiotics offer a wide range of health benefits. However, their effects on weight are mixed and seem to depend on the type of probiotic. Evidence indicates that lactobacillus gassiri may help people with obesity lose weight and belly fat. Additionally, a probiotic supplement blend called BSL number 3 may reduce weight gain in those on a high-calorie diet. So... Look for B, something that has BSL number three in it. I'm going to have to look at the ones I have and see. I don't remember ever seeing that tagline. At the end of the day, certain types of probiotics may have modest effects on your weight, especially when combined with a healthy whole foods diet. Nevertheless, there are many other reasons to take a probiotic supplement. They can improve your digestive health and cardiovascular risk factors, reduce inflammation, and even help fight depression and anxiety. So that's all beneficial stuff. So it can't hurt to at least add a little probiotics to your life. And we all like pickles and sour cream and Yogurts, those are all easy to add to things. Sauerkraut, you get a little deeper. People aren't big on those tastes. And the kimchi and all those things. But even if you have a little bit of sauerkraut in your life, pick up some uh, ring bologna or some type of sausage that you can enjoy. Cook it in a glass pan with a bunch of sauerkraut. Add a little caraway seed if you want to cut cut the bite of the bitterness. And if you're a big baby, you can always add a little ketchup to it. <laughs> but yeah, it's there's I like sauerkraut. I'm German, so it's easy for me. I can Throw it on a hot dog, throw it in a brat, add it with some sausage, 
and have it as a side dish. So much you can do with it. All right. I'm going to stop this here, and I'll come back with one more segment, and we'll talk about some secondary progressive MS and maybe some memory loss stuff or something. We'll see. I'll be right back after this. All right. We're back for a little bit more health stuff. See what we got here. Some secondary progressive MS stuff. That's where I'm at, my phase currently. But I really think when I see my neurologist next, he's going to say that I am very close to primary progressive MS, advancing to the final stage. Doing these MS videos on YouTube now, I'm realizing how little mobility I have anymore. It sucks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Secondary progressive MS, SPMS, is a chronic condition that causes new and more severe symptoms to develop over time. With effective treatment and support, it can be managed. If you've been diagnosed with SPMS, it's important to get treatment from qualified healthcare professionals. It may also help to connect with patient organizations, local support groups, and online communities for peer support. And they talk about some resources for us, social and emotional support. You might experience feelings of grief, anger, anxiety, or isolation. Yeah, that was from a long time before I even got diagnosed. You might, to help you manage the emotional effects of SPMS, your primary care doctor or neurologist may refer you to a psychologist, or other mental health specialist. You may also find it helpful to connect with other people who live with SPMS. Examples are, for example, ask your doctor if they know about any local support groups for people with MS. It's like, we got one that's listed in a town that's like 15 minutes from me. It's on one of our main roads, the address, and I've gone to it, and it's not. There's nothing there. It's like a house. I can't remember if it was a house or a business. I think it was a business that was there. But I think that's an old listing. Check the National Multiple Sclerosis Society's online database for local support groups or participate in the organization's online groups and discussion boards. Join the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America's online support community. Call the National Multiple Sclerosis Society's Peer Helpline at 866-673-7436. See if they can answer any of your questions or help you out. You can also find people talking about their experiences with SPMS on Facebook Twitter, Instagram, and whatever other social media platforms there are out there nowadays. I'm on quite a few multiple sclerosis sites. I think I'm only on 
one or two SPMS related sites, but they, so far they're all related with everything. It's not, I haven't found anything that's directly SPMS that fit for me yet. Uh, learning more about SPMS may help you plan for your future. With this condition, there's several organizations that offer online resources related to SPMS, including the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America, Can Do Multiple Sclerosis. There's my MS team. Uh, uh, no, sure. Sure. Now I got to go blank. My brain just has to go blank. There's a lot of them out there. I've, I've talked about them all on other podcast episodes. So you can look back at those. Uh, you want to get a good treatment team built around you, all your specialists and your regular PCP and your neurologist and all that. You know, just you might want to add some people that you may not have, like a urologist who can treat bladder problems that you might develop, a rehabilitation specialist such as a physiatrist or a physical therapist or an occupational therapist, a mental health specialist like a psychologist or a social worker, uh, nurses with experience managing SPMS. And nurses are the sweethearts of the world. And <laughs> he, she, I don't care. They Nurses are the ones that are the go-to. They talk to you. They know more, more of what's going on with us than anybody. They're better at explaining stuff to us. They'll... You can contact them outside of the office and most times they'll get back to you. I love like, I don't know where, what you have where you are, but we have a couple different online programs that link you to all your medical team and everything. And they are awesome. Uh, My chart's a great one. That one's kind of becoming universal. It seems like it's available in more areas uh just check with your whatever your pcp is your normal uh physical uh care practitioner your main doctor they can probably let you know of any type talk to their nurse and she'll let you know of any type of organization that they have because I can get, like, my blood test. I had a blood test taken today. When I get done here, I'm going to check, and I'll probably have the, the results already emailed to me through my chart <clears throat> before the doctors even contact me in a, a couple days later to tell me the results and go over the results with me. So I can go back. I can look at my x-rays, my MRIs, my C. CT scans, all those different types of scans. I can get all that stuff in there, all my blood test results. 
it's awesome. You can do all your billing through there. You can schedule, you can send questions and comments to your medical staff. You can set up appointments. It just does everything. That's the way it should be this day and age since we're in the computer world now. It's like, but yeah, I love my nurses. They, they're just so awesome. I go for it. I talk to them more than anybody and they're just, they're there to help us. And it's not a field you go into for anything to become famous. So if you're going into that field, it's because you care. And at least you hope there are people that don't, that shouldn't be in that field. You don't need to be in that field this day and age. There's enough jobs out there. Find something that you enjoy. You're only here once. Uh, do something you can live with and not be crabby, suffering your whole life trying to work a job that you don't enjoy. That's just dumb. So, SPMS can be expensive to manage. So, if you're finding it hard to cover the cost of care, you can contact your health insurance provider to learn which doctors. Services and products are covered under your plan. There might be changes that you could make to your insurance or treatment plan to lower some costs. Uh, you can meet with a financial counselor or social worker that has experience helping people with MS. They might help you learn about insurance programs, medicine assistance programs, or other financial support programs for which you might be eligible and look into them. Don't just sit there and say someone's treating me this way because I'm this, I'm like this because they won't help me. It's like, did you ask? Did you really look into it? Because I have to, I got to force people to listen to me and stuff. It's how the world works. So let's just focus on that and let's, build a better health support system by all of us working to get what we want instead of focusing on the negative parts of it all and making it like you're being targeted. You're not being targeted. I guarantee you most of these people are doing the same thing to everybody else and it's just bad medical I don't even know how to say it. Just bad medical uh, awareness. Uh, yeah, the words there at the tip of my tongue, but it's not coming out. Social ability. Uh, I don't know. But let your doctor know that you're concerned about the cost of treatment. They may, re may refer you to a financial support services or adjust your treatment plan. And if a doctor's nice enough to actually bring up the financial support services don't get pissed off if you have money and you feel like you're being singled out that it's like well he looked at me and that's why he said that i should help i should get help with financial aid it's like have you seen the cost of medications i mean you may make good money but when you have to chronic condition where you have to have a $150,000 worth of medication put in your system every year. If you've got the money and you want to pay for it, cool. 
But if you're smart, you're going to look into financial assistance because that's a big chunk of change. I mean, think about it. And most doctors, if they do mention it, are trying to help you benefit-wise. It's not a personal thing. And I don't, I don't believe that it is. It can be with some people, yes. But I'd say the majority of doctors pushing it are doing it because if you don't look into financial assistance and you get on a program and all of a sudden you can't afford it, then your body has to suffer while it goes from being on something to coming off it while you're waiting for them to get it all figured out so you can go back on it. And a lot of times by then, your condition's going to change. So you're going to have to go to a new medication and start this whole routine all over again. So if a doctor's pushing you to look into financial assistance, it's because it can take, especially now after all this COVID shit, it can take 6, 9, 12 months, if not longer, for you to get the assistance you need. Or may need or may not need but you should definitely look into it asap and that's probably why doctors that mention it are mentioning it i truly believe that i don't believe everybody is racist signaling people out and just not this day and age not anymore i mean that yes there are the handful of jackasses out there that we have to deal with in society. But I guarantee you, most of them are telling you this because it needs to be out there. I mean, you, I mean, my first medication I went on, it took me a good six months of arguing with pharmacists and doctors and trying to get things squared away with assistance programs Things getting sent to the wrong people, and uh, it's just a nightmare. So if someone brings it up to you, it's probably to give you a heads up. It's not an easy world out there if you get a chronic condition. You're going to have medications that are going to cost you 50 to 500000 a year <laughs> on up. Who knows? It's just outrageous, the numbers on these things. Uh, contact the manufacturers of any medications that you take to learn if they offer assistance in the form of discounts, subsidies, or rebates. And that's where you end up going with going through anyways with most of the programs. The medical assistance-related programs are through the companies that supply the drug. And most companies will pay for the drug for you and just get on their program. And it's just, yeah, trust me, it's beneficial. I don't, I mean, if you got $150, $150,000 to throw away a year, hey, all the power to you. You toss some my way. <laughs> uh, promote my podcast do something like that but yeah if you're finding it difficult to manage challenges of spms let your doctors know they may recommend changes to your treatment plan 
or put you in touch with other sources of support. Several organizations offer information and online support services for people with MS, including SPMS. They re- these resources may help you develop the knowledge, confidence, and sense of support that you need to lead your best life with SPMS. So, see what you can find out there. There's always something for somebody with everything, it seems like. All right, what's the link between it? Multiple sclerosis and memory loss. Multiple sclerosis can cause cognitive symptoms, including memory loss. MS-related memory loss tends to be fairly mild and manageable. In some cases, it can be more severe. Uh, MS is a chronic inflammatory condition that damages the protective sheath myelin around the nerve fibers. It can also damage the nerves themselves. When myelin and nerves and nerves in your central nervous system are damaged, lesions develop. These lesions disrupt the movement of neural signals, which can cause physical and cognitive symptoms. If lesions develop on parts of the brain that process memories, it can lead to memory loss. Memory loss is one of the most common cognitive changes in people with MS. Uh, Drink of water if you got it, or whatever you're drinking. Brain lesions can also affect other cognitive functions such as attention, concentration, and ability to process information. See, MS can affect different aspects of your physical and mental health as well as your lifestyle habits. In turn, this may indirectly have an effect on your memory. For example, many people with MS have difficulty sleeping. Poor sleep quality and fatigue may contribute to memory loss, as well as other cognitive issues. MS also raises your risk of anxiety and depression. In turn, symptoms of anxiety and depression have been linked to higher rates of memory problems in people with MS. Of course, they need more research to get any definite answers. Unrelated health conditions and lifestyle factors can also contribute to memory loss. For example, certain nutritional deficiencies, head injuries, or other conditions can affect your memory too. Many disease-modifying therapies have been developed to slow the progression of MS and by preventing the growth of brain lesions, DMTs may help prevent or delay memory loss. However, more research is needed, of course. Other medications are used to, to treat MS symptoms Those medications are known as symptomatic drugs. Some of them are used for other types of memory problems, might have a positive effect on memory or other cognitive functions. However, research on that has to be looked at yet. Certain medications can cause negative side effects related to memory. 
For example, some medications that are used to treat overactive bladder or pain may impair your memory. Medical cannabis can also contribute to memory loss. All of this still has to be researched by doctors. And it is. What are some potential signs of memory loss? You might be experiencing memory loss if you frequently have trouble remembering recent events or conversations. If you forget where you put your car keys, your phone, or your wallet. You forget to take your medication or complete other daily tasks. You forget where you're going when you're driving or walking. You have difficulty finding the right words for everyday objects. MS is more likely to affect your short-term memory rather than your long-term memory. Although it can get worse over time, total memory loss is, is possible but rare. To help limit memory loss, they may recommend one or more of the following memory exercises or other cognitive rehabilitation strategies, changes to your sleep schedule, exercise routine, or other lifestyle habits, changes to your medication or supplement regimen, and drink lots of water to keep all your nervous system happy and healthy new or different treatments are available that you may or may not want to try you can also use a variety of memory tools and techniques to cope with memory loss in your daily life for example it might be helpful to use a calendar to keep track of important appointments and other commitments use a notepad and carry a notebook with you Set smartphone alerts or put up post-it notes to remind yourself to take medications. Attend medical appointments or complete other tasks. Carry a notebook with you or use a smartphone app to record important thoughts that you want to remember later. And basically, MS can potentially affect your memory in direct and indirect ways. If you notice changes in your memory, make an appointment with your doctor. They can help you identify the causes of your memory loss and develop strategies to manage it. And just check with your medical team. See what you can do. There's always new things coming out that we can try too. But the basics always work out good. Just live a healthy, happy lifestyle and listen to your body. And we'll talk to you again soon. So be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Kick shit out of monster. Uh, rate, review, tell a friend. Check out Crimson Cull Comic Club. Under the Cull, Under the Cull of MS. Now offered in YouTube format. Uh, it's not the same as the audio. The audios will be audio and the video will be video. I did a few audio-video crossovers. I don't know if I'll go back to those or not. But we'll see what happens. So be good to yourself. Be good to everybody else. Let's all just get along. Quit bitching, fighting, arguing. 
everybody can get along fine if we just work together. Just agree that we can all live in this world and enjoy it together. So be good. I'll talk to you again soon.